When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout, and the stands. Hello, and welcome along to the latest edition of the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Edward Kay, and today we'll be bringing you Paul Gorse's reaction from Anfield, as well as Jurgen Klopp's post-match press conference, and of course, plenty of fan reaction following Liverpool's 3-0 victory over Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. Liverpool have kept the heat on Manchester United and Newcastle United in uh, fourth and third respectively in the Premier League with a 3-0 win here against Leicester City at the King Power this evening. Uh, the Liverpool fans love to sing about the scouser in the team with regards to Trent Alexander-Arnold but perhaps they're maybe talking about the scousers in the team now with Curtis Jones scoring twice before Alexander-Arnold made a 3-0 in the second half with a sublime free kick that was rolled to him from Mohamed Salah. Uh, it's Jones's third goal in fourth games and uh, he's now started nine successive matches for the first time in his Liverpool career and looks to be a player who's really flourishing at the moment, just to the left of that uh, midfield three. And of course, it be, at times becomes a little bit of a midfield four with Alexander-Arnold also dovetailing superbly in there. There's a bit of a hybrid fullback slash midfielder. Uh, those two being two of the real feel-good stories of Liverpool's late season surge. They're now um, unbeaten in nine, uh, seven successive wins. They've now taken uh, was a 24 points from a possible 27 in the Premier League and really look to be finishing this season strongly. Perhaps it's come a little bit too late in the race for the Champions League places, but we shall see as we head into the final uh, week or so of the Premier League season. Aston Villa to come at Anfield on Saturday before it all ends uh, way down at Southampton uh, a week on Sunday. But before then, uh, they'll be um, analysing this one in great detail with another uh, impressive performance from the Reds. Um, they haven't been able to do that too much, too much on the road this season. Liverpool's away form has been uh, a poor away form, rather has been well documented. But after the recent victories against Leeds and uh, West Ham, they followed up with a victory over relegation threatened Leicester City. And in a strange way, perhaps the blue half of Liverpool are also cheering on the Reds tonight, as uh, the Reds helped um, keep Leicester way down there below Everton in the battle for the Premier League. Uh, Premier League salvation, shall we say. Uh, Jones uh, scored a goal very similar to the one he scored against Tottenham a few weeks ago, uh, cushioning uh, across to the back post with his left foot into the bottom corner. That was after uh, around about 33 minutes. Uh, he made it 2-0. Uh, basically, a few minutes later, with a lovely finish past Daniel Anson in the Leicester goal. Uh, after a lengthy check for offside, it was given, and Liverpool went into the half, uh, half-time break with a 2-0 lead. It uh, never really looked like Leicester were going to force the way back into it and Alexander-Arnold smashed home a wonderful, um, well, say free kick, but it was Rolton from Mohamed Salah for his 14th assist of the season's third of the ninth. He set up both Jones' goals as well. Uh, and that was about that for Liverpool, who fully deserved their three points here at the King Power. And it's a venue that hasn't been too kind to them in recent years. They'd lost their last their two previous visits here, but uh, uh, went a long way towards putting that right with their uh, excellent performance that uh, just uh, keeps them rolling on, perhaps. The season is ending at the wrong time for Liverpool and they've been poor for large swathes of the season but the last nine games they really stepped her up and now look to be in a position where they can really challenge United and Newcastle for those top four places. Maybe it's too little too late but we shall see. It's finished here at the King Power Stadium there. Leicester City nil, Liverpool three. The 
Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. No, but it was good, really good. We had between the 55th, don't know exactly, and 75th minute maybe. I would have loved to control a bit better. We, we have, our positioning was not as clear anymore. Um, first 15 minutes I accept 100% because a bit of a, a wilder game. Um, they really went for us. We had to find, to figure out um, how we can build up the game. Uh, we had to adapt to that. Um, boys did that. We became more flexible. From that moment on, we had five players facing the other goal. Could then really pass through the lines and mix it up with passing behind, like for the first goal. Um, like really good examples for the different things you have to do um, behind, behind the line or through the lines with the second goal um, and the third goal. Obviously, a wonderful um, set piece. Um, yeah, and we could have scored immediately the third one huh, after tuning up. So um, had other moments. Um, it was was really good. So the, I think the game never became the game it could have been, like a real fight with challenges everywhere, stuff like this, um, because we controlled it uh, in a really uh, convincing way. Obviously, a special night for Curtis. Um, what's, what do you think has enabled him? He's had a, he's had a real surge the last five or six weeks. Is it, is it just staying healthy? Is it in this system? Does it enable him to get forward a bit more, do you think? He improved a lot, so um, I think uh, there are a lot of things will come together. No, should not forget he's still a young boy, and, he, and uh, like one, two years ago, he was he played super games for us as well. Then he had um, uh, a difficult spell with injuries. That's true, stranger injuries, finger in the eye, and stuff like this. So I would take looking really out for a while, but this year was especially bad. Um, but he could watch a lot of football. He could. Um, um, understand the game better and it looks really like that. Um, I think the way we improved the most is, is counter pressing, is exceptional and speed of play. So like he doesn't keep the ball that long anymore. He does that and has to do in moments, but it's much quicker in decision making and stuff like this and and that he can such as a good finisher. We saw now a couple of times both goals were absolutely exceptional. I got that much I'm sure. Um there are real chances first with the left foot, similar goal to yeah, the last goal he scored, um, and the second one is is a soup. Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the second goal is a super finish. Um, yeah, um, he is in a good moment. Really cool. There was a tremendous reception after the game for Roberto. For the <laughs> it's that that's so cool. <laughs> that's so. No, no. Yeah. I think so. So he is, and he will be. So we drive home tomorrow. Will be day off, not for him, but for the others. And then Wednesday, with team training, he will be in. That's my information. So now we have to see because the game, the, the, the Saturday game, is a super difficult game for a variety, um, plenty of reasons. Um, probably farewell around the game for. A few players and then playing for absolutely everything against second or third best team in the Premier League in the second part of the season. So um, that's that's super challenging. Um, so we have to see. In the middle of everything, we have to win the game. We have to go for it. But around that, we want to show really the respect and appreciation and everything and the love we feel for not only Bobby but Bobby as well for all the boys who will leave in the summer. Um, so will be. A special day, 
and with a difficult game um, in between or around whatever, we have to make sure that we can do both. Massively. Six, seven weeks ago, I don't think, uh, I didn't believe that can happen. What, what we lacked that time was obviously consistency and there was only one chance for us to get in a situation we are in and winning pretty much all the football games and that's what we had to do. <laughs> it's crazy, but that's the situation we were in. So, um, yeah, that's good. We, we knew that before the game, if we win, we are, we are qualified for Europe, um, for European League, which is absolutely great from where, where we are coming from. Um, all the rest is not in our own hands, but we know we have to win all the games. Um, until the end of the season to have a chance. So we said in our couple of times, I think pretty sure. Yes, Pro United and, and Newcastle are not watching us, uh, are confident it's all fine, but I was, we were in similar situations and you wish anyway that the, that the opponent just is losing and you have that off your shoulder, that kind of pressure off the shoulder. And our job is to keep the pressure. But again, it's not likely. But if not, then this is already better than we could have expected. Um, Six seven weeks ago. James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is a super football smart person. Person. So he was. I, I never. I have not for one second. I feel that he's twenty three. If he's still twenty three, or maybe he turned twenty five. He's really young. Was captain at um, at a previous club. Which is all special, and then you met, meet the boy, and you think, "Ah, oh, okay, now I understand it." That just helps. He he eats football, so like each information we give him is for him natural to to um, to put it on the pitch. Yeah, and the position he'd never played before, I think, but he enjoys a lot um, there, and we need him there, and it's um, yeah, it's very it's very cool. Can play obviously three, four positions in in, in the system, which is super helpful. Yeah, but you're right. He adapted pretty quick. Last one, James Mason. In terms of the pressure that you spoke about there, in terms of putting it on the teams above you at the table, does it help if you're winning so convincingly and it's quite stylish, isn't it? It's not like you just supposed to no, we are in a good moment. We had in all the games now. It's our seventh game. We were not always convincing, but we had always convincing moments in the games. And we increase now. We have what, what we have to do, especially when you think about next season. We have to be. Um, more and especially longer um, in charge of the game and not each moment where we put the foot a little bit of the, ga of the gas should lead to a 100 to a no-brainer for the opponent or whatever that Ali has to make a save so that's there's so much how I said not so much space to improve but I have no clue what what it what it means to us I can only speak for myself we had four five I don't sure years ago Chelsea in our neck they were winning all the time I think it was the year when we became fourth and had to go into qualification. But we had we had to win the last game. And until the last, we had to win, to win, to win, because behind they were all winning. We made it anyway. So that's what I expect them to do as well, if I'm honest. Um, but it keeps you on the toes, and that's our job. We, we have to keep them on their toes, and then we will see what happens. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-0 win away to Leicester City. Uh, I watched this one in a bar called Morrison's in Rome. If you're in that part of the world, then um, they've got three screens there and they show Premier League football. Um, I watched Roma in the Europa League 
late last week and then Lazio in Serie A at the weekend and it was quite a pleasure to get back to Serie A uh, to, <laughs> to the Premier League after all that and good performance wasn't it from Liverpool um, very satisfying and, and I thought we fully deserved the victory we, we, we dominated played good football throughout uh, really really pleased for Curtis Jones as I'm sure we all are it was it was very nice to see him take both goals very well half volley the first one and the second one was a was a cracker wasn't it superbly well taken uh, I must say, watching with no commentary, and I didn't see any lines drawn uh, by VAR, and I've come to trust VAR on offsides um, to a very high degree uh, in recent times, but it seemed to me just on the freeze frames that both goals were offside, but you know, I, I trust that they, they got it right and that the angle that I was um, supplied with just... Um, threw me off and was a, a bit deceptive but anyway I'm so glad they counted and um, and what a way to get the third as well I've been critical on this podcast of Liverpool's lack of um, I, I guess variability in terms of free kids it, it always seems to be Trent who takes them even though I'm sure Mo Salah is more than capable of showing us something spectacular and decisive uh, but it was a very nice touch, wasn't it, to give Trent a little bit of space wide of the wall and ex- expertly curled in. So really nice, really satisfying uh, performance. Um, again, very good to see the the hybrid position that Trent Alexander-Arnold has been occupying, continuing to work well. And it strikes me as, as I watched it that you know, it doesn't just affect Trent, does it? Which sounds obvious, but it, it does have a, a, a marked impact on, on other players um, in and around our defensive line. There were times when Virgil and Conate were really very far apart, almost in fullback roles when we had the ball. Um, but I don't think we're overly stretched there because Trent and Fabinho and, of course, Alison Becker offer options to feet. So, you know, we don't seem to be stretched or exposed in that situation. But in particular, it sort of develops the debate that we've had for some years now about who Virgil van Dijk's best defensive partner is. Uh, And I think Ibrahim Konate played very well again today, both in terms of challenging and, uh, and and with the ball at his feet. But when you look at the other two options, Joe Gomez and Joel Matip, I wonder now if Joel Matip is perhaps <laughs> relegated to, you know, third choice of the three that are available alongside Virgil. And this has been a, you know, a constantly moving feast, hasn't it? You know, I think at various times I've favoured all three players um, ahead of the other two. But this is a more mobile structure now, and and Konate's performing very well. You'd fancy that Joe Gomez would also do pretty well here because he's played in the right-back position so often previously. And so this idea of of being a central defender and a very wide right central defender, I hesitate to say full-back, when we have the ball, you know, it probably suits him very well, and there's been talk, hasn't there, that we might 
offload Joel Matip in the uh, in the summer. Ordinarily, I would not be in favour of that, but if we are to retain this hybrid position for Trent, then maybe maybe it is worth finding somebody who could occupy that role and have more natural mobility um, than someone like Joel Matty. But having said that, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too disappointed if he stuck around. I think he's a fabulous player. And and I think you know also we don't need to be we don't need to be fixed in this hybrid role. Um, there are other ways of playing it, and I'm sure we will see this role evolve. Um, I also think that you know it was interesting to see James Miller come on again in the last thirteen minutes or so, just to shore things up, just to keep things stable, so we don't throw away leads in a in a in a silly way. And I was thinking to myself, well, if if Milner's going, which he seems to be, who will play that role, that role of shoring things up in the last 15 minutes? And I think it'll be someone like Jordan Henderson. I mean, if we are, <coughs> excuse me, if we are to bring in um, two or even a trio of attacking midfielders, uh, and and fingers crossed we're bringing someone like Tuomeni who can who can take the defensive or the number six role, then, you know, you've got Fabinho and, and Henderson who who are the, the extra men there. And uh, I can certainly see, as Jordan gets a little bit older, I can see him filling in a number of roles, but I, can, I, I, I see him taking on what we now consider to be the James Milner role in the squad. So senior figure who comes in late in the day to shore things up, who comes in... Um, at the start of a game when we are blighted with injuries in those positions. And um, in that sense, I think it's a very functional role for Jordan Henderson to play and a, and a, and a super one to see him um, finish his Liverpool career and probably his playing career in the same way that James Milner has at Liverpool with the... Um, with the absence of a move to Brighton, I don't want to see Jordan Henderson move to Brighton or anywhere else. I'd love him to see, I'd love him to finish his career with Liverpool, and I think, you know, the option is there for him to do that if we, if we restart our midfield in the way that we're led to believe we might. At Galasahi on Twitter, G U L A S A H I. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Really good performance from Liverpool at Leicester. And many of the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks remain the positive things from this game, really. So, obviously, Liverpool's change of shape against the team who want to try and play from the back, who really don't have many aerial targets to bypass the midfield pressure that Liverpool are looking to exert with Alexander-Arnold higher when Liverpool are looking to steal the ball in transition. means that Liverpool have closed the distances of the opposition in their ability to play out and means they've stole possession and with the counter to press have allowed themselves to be in really good areas to get in advantageous areas to try and score goals, create chances while the opposition team are disorganised because they're attempting to expand the pitch, stretch their positions in terms of being able to play out and because of Liverpool's proximity, the players so close together 
and being able to now have players in higher areas, it has meant that they've been able to win the ball back and create multiple chances. So that has been consistent throughout the last few weeks. And the main problems that Liverpool have actually faced has been when they've come up against the team who want to play more direct and basically circumvented Liverpool's game plan to try and apply pressure higher. So the fact that Leicester didn't have really many aerial targets to hit and wanted to play relatively shorter meant that Liverpool could close the distances, win the ball back and create multiple chances really in a Leicester side who were lacking confidence. And as I mentioned before and I mentioned throughout the season, it's always been my belief that although Liverpool have physical declining players maybe in terms of physical peak within their side in the midfield section of the pitch, the main problem has not been that. You can have players who are potentially not the best physical athletes. However, if you have structure to your team, narrow, compact distances within all the players within the unit of the team, and with even, even within one unit to offer pressure, pressure cover and support, it means that being the most athletic team in the world or having the most physicality is not necessarily the most important factor. And when you see the likes of Fabino having to manage smaller spaces instead of bigger spaces, like in this game, for example, then it makes a huge difference. And suddenly people go from thinking that players are finished, can't no longer move, can't no longer play for Liverpool. It has just proved to be a total, a total not true concept when you actually watch Liverpool play in an organised state, in a, in a well-managed and coached state in which they are players in the right areas of the pitch to reduce the gaps of the opposition and not have to cover wide open spaces. And if you put some of Liverpool's players like Fabinho in smaller spaces, having to manage smaller distances like they have always done because they've never been great athletes, for example, he and Thiago as an example, then you still have elite players of the reading of the game to be able to, to steal possession and put Liverpool on the front foot. And the other positives all came from Liverpool's key players within this sort of resurgence in the difference in formation. Trent Alexander-Arnold outstanding again. The variety in the ways he can play the ball forward. Progress the ball, whether it be playing through you, over you, around you, it doesn't really matter. Mohamed Salah, as always, so creative in the final pass, not just the final action in terms of a shooting action. We know he is the uh, an absolute complete player in the way he creates and scores chances. He's a multifunctional attacker who can hurt you in so many different ways. We know all of that, but be, since the change of system and having more touches the ball, it's led to Liverpool having more productivity. If they can get Alexander-Arnold and Salah on the ball more often, it normally showcases in the results Liverpool are able to obtain within a, within games and, and within a run of fixtures, really. And that was something that Liverpool had not been able to do, especially in Salah's case, throughout the season, often enough. And it was to the detriment of how Liverpool were able to, to obtain results from the fixtures. So massive, massive key in them two players again as shown in the way they ultimately decided the game at key areas alongside Curtis Jones, who I have spoken about throughout the years as a massive talent for Liverpool. Not ever changed my mind about that. We know he's had injury problems, but I only had to look at his, his profile and, and what he had to offer as an individual to see that he could be a really special player for Liverpool. But there had been different circumstances which me meant that it had been really difficult for him to progress on in Liverpool's side in recent years and one of them had been that 
essentially he was having to change his role an awful lot. And I know I feel like I'm repeating myself here, but I feel like his performance today sort of needs him to be the focal point of the podcast, really, because of how good he was and how good he's been. And because of Liverpool's system in the the 4-3-3 system that Liverpool have, have had for many years, the default system, the midfield have always been balanced players in which they are able to offer cover balance support and offer a platform to the rest of the side, especially the full-backs and the higher players, to be able to attack. A lot of teams engineer to try and get five players in the attacking areas of the pitch at all times, and Liverpool's was always their three forward players and the two full-backs who would offer that attacking threat and be balanced off by the midfield, who had to be very disciplined, very regimented and very conservative in their use of the ball and the position on the field of play. And that didn't always fit into Curtis Jones, who we know has always played higher in his youth career as a left-sided player as a number 10. And essentially, he was having to redevelop his game or recycle his game into into a different role, really. A more conservative player who was content to retain possession and feed the higher players within the side. And obviously, that's, that's a change from what he'd been previously used to. But because his level of technique is so flawless on the ball, it meant that or it has meant that his level of being able to, to keep the ball, the retention side of the game, in different areas, tighter areas, wherever it may be, was often done in the the deeper areas of the pitch. The pitch. And as such, he could have been seen as, as lacking ambition or lacking the quality in the final third, which was never the case. You're talking about a player who, like I say, is so technically flawless in possession of the ball, nine times out of ten, that he is able to basically play that deeper position in, t- in terms of recycling possession so comfortably. It was almost a waste of his talents. And what the new system has allowed is, because Trent Alexander-Arnold is forming a box in midfield and being the essentially with Fabinho, the player in that deeper area of the pitch to progress the ball and act as that s- support and security for the players then ahead of the ball, it's meant that Curtis Jones has been able to adapt his position to play higher between the lines of the, the pitch in the in the higher area, if you like. And that's where he's always been so comfortable within his youth career. And now you see, and it's so valuable having players like that who are, who are able to play in them higher areas because in them higher areas is where there's the least time and space and to be able to manipulate the ball in them spaces and be able to move the football forward and offer a goal threat, they're very, very rare. And I always seen that in him. And when you match it actually with his... You know, if you look at him, he's a good size in terms of his height. He gets around the pitch well. He's a good athlete. There was no question in my mind that this player could be a real, a real success at Liverpool. And the system change by being allowing him to fit into a role which previously didn't exist. You sort of thought to yourself, well, he's not really quick enough to play at the elite level as a as a wide player in a four three three. But also in Liverpool's system, it's a waste of his talents to be playing as a balanced player in a four three three system as a a conservative option with this system it gets him in the exact right area of the pitch that you want to see him in and if you look at his numbers his numbers have always been and when I talk about numbers I mean underlying numbers so if you look at his profile in terms of progressing the ball in terms of receiving the ball under pressure in tight areas between the lines in terms of his pass completion when he actually accepts the ball in them areas he is right up there with in Europe Never mind paying 90 minutes. Never mind, you know, just in the, in the Premier League. We're talking about a v- very special, technical, clean footballer in them areas. Now, my question has always been, and it still is, is can he then transfer that 
to be more productive in the final third. But the the reality of that is he's never had the role for that to, to, to be his primary objective. But also, over the last few years, he's had a lot of injury problems as well. We know this season that has prevented him from training on a consistent basis. So now we're seeing, with a system which incorporates him in his best role, a role he's more comfortable in in the final third, and a consistent run of games, what he can really achieve. Now, the next interesting point was it looks like Liverpool are a family link with Alexis McAllister. And, you know, if you could get the likes of Alexis and Curtis Jones in them two higher areas, then they have very similar profiles and very similar excellent technique within them them areas where time and space is most limited. And I don't see anything other if Curtis Jones can keep keep fit over the coming months and years than him going on to be a real, real top player. He's got a similar profile for me for Jack Grealish, although he plays in a, in a position which obviously is a little bit more difficult because he's obse- obtaining the ball from pressure from multiple sides rather than one side. And and yeah, I just wanted to make the primary focus on him today because, as I said, I'm waiting to see what he can now take on in the final third and, and take all that great retention and flawless technique that he, that he shows onto really making that difference, being a difference maker in the final third. And I think today and over recent weeks you've seen that. I mean, the spin in it for the the goal was outstanding, but also the timing of his runs to, to affect the game and score some goals with later rivals in the penalty area has been as well. So I just think an outstanding performance and I just wanted to highlight really what have been the key positives, not only sort of from a tactical sense, but also from the key individuals that have made Liverpool be able to extract results from recent weeks. You've been listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.